Oh, yes. So the uh, government is proposing once a year COVID shots for Americans. Uh, I'm going to pass on that. Thank you very much. You be you feel free to do whatever you want to do, but uh, I'm going to say no thank you. Anyway, eh, same reason I won't get the second shingles vaccine. Like The first one down here wiped me out, so I'm not going to worry about it. Anyway, welcome. It is uh, nine minutes after five, and uh, this is the show I thought we were going to do on Friday, but I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll make it up for you, and I'll do longer than I was going to do on Friday. So there. So uh, we're talking about unidentified aerial phenomena, what we used to call UFOs. Have you seen them? Have you had an experience with an extraterrestrial? We had one guy calling in, sounds like an abductee situation, uh, and if you want to, you call in anonymously. Uh, let me get back to Diane in uh, Amherst on WBEN. Her dad had a pretty amazing experience, and she saw a triangle that was over the uh, the Dent Tower. And did you get any sense for the altitude of this thing or how big it was? Yes. I, it was not that high off the road. It was actually um, at the intersection of Harlem and Sheridan. And it was pretty much just hanging over the over Harlem Road. I'm gonna say maybe it was about 125 feet long. Of course, it's and tough it, tough to not, say without without knowing it that. It is very hard. It is very hard to say, but it wasn't that high. Not more than a couple hundred feet off the ground, and just hovering. And this was no this was sun. when this was when. This was about ten years ago. And th- were there any lights on it that you were there any lights on it that you could see? Well, as I said, we were approaching, to coming off the two ninety, and I I mentioned to my son, why are there so many lights over by the dead tower? Right, but once you saw it at Sheridan and Harlem, were those lights still visible? From underneath. No, oh. they were not visible. Well, that, that's interesting. Okay, uh, and you, you had another. You had another sighting as well. Yeah, my well, my son is manager of the wonderful. Well, don't don't give a name of a place, store. okay? I don't I don't want no, names I'm of not. places. Okay, I'm not fly fishing store. So he he is fly fishing at all different times of the night. And he tends to look up in the sky, and he was still living at home at this time. This is maybe eight years ago, and he was looking out the window, and I'm a, I'm a gardener, and he yelled out the window to me, Mom, there's a UFO over here. And so I looked. I live very close to one of the elementary schools in Amherst. It was a spherical object, very different than anything I've ever seen very golden shiny with sort of a a band going around the middle and lights that kind of strobed slowly around it and it was rising very slowly just like it was kind of perusing what was going on went over the elementary school and it got to a and I'm going to guess that this was about a minute and a half. And it got to a point where it had risen up, and honestly, the darn thing just went zoop and disappeared. It didn't fly off. It was just like uh, like when you would close off the F-stops on a camera. It was 
amazing. That that's pretty amazing. wild. And you and your son, said, I mean, he was fishing by an elementary school. No, no, no. I'm just saying that he tends to watch the sky because he has seen several UFOs when he's when he goes out. Uh, fishing at nighttime. Well, maybe maybe it's a family thing. All right, uh, Diane, thank you, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. I mean, some people, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe some families see these things more readily than uh, than other people do. Here is uh, Neil in uh, Forestville. Neil, you're on WBEN. Welcome. Afternoon, John. Uh, yes, sir. I called uh, on your show you had a while ago and told you about the one experience I had, where this orb comes shooting across the sky. I'm sitting at the end of my driveway drinking a few beers, and I, I'm a sky watcher. You know, I've seen uh, several uh, um, shooting stars, and uh, like one in particular that landed in uh, Ontario, Grimsby, that we saw like super close. Uh, me and my sister were sitting in the back of a pickup truck, and this thing like lit up the whole sky. So I'm an avid sky watcher. I also uh, own a property that's just like the next hill over from the uh, Cherry Creek incident. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, this thing was crazy. It, it came shooting across the sky faster than anything you, you'd ever seen before, and then just stopped on a dime. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I get this this nervous feeling inside of me. And I'm like, uh, I look the other way, like I pretended I didn't see it for some reason. You know, you're you're you're, you're a little scared, uh, you know, at this experience. And then it, it seemed to just like just disappear, like took off, and then boom, it was like the like it shut the lights off. And then I would say not even, like, moments later, here come, like, four or five jets flying, you know, at a really high altitude. And then several more come from the north. These come from the south. And then there was a couple from either direction. And it, it, was, it was crazy. It was, it, was, it was a whacked out experience. So what do you think happened, uh, that uh, this thing showed up on radar and the, the United States scrambled fighters? I think they were chasing it from the south up north, and it knew that they were coming in from the uh, from the other directions, and just kind of, you know, went off the, you know, maybe sunk down in somewhere or just shut its light off. I I, I don't really know what it did, but it, it 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 definitely was intelligently controlled. How long ago was this? It was about two thousands. Wow! And this happened Forestville or by Cherry Creek? Well, I live on the edge of you know the town that's kind of a big area of Forestville but yeah it's it's uh Cherry Creek Forestville uh, Arkwright area it's the hills up in the air oh okay okay so one and the same all right I wouldn't I wasn't sure when you said it you own property I wasn't sure if that was separate property than the other property um uh, that that's really cool so how long did uh, th- how long did the jets hang out did were they circling they the area did they just make a pass they did a circle pattern, and like I said, you could. You, the only reason I could tell what they were is because you know you watch all the other jets, but they were doing a, a specific formation, and they all had their their transponder lights on, and you could see it was just like a swarm of them, like, uh, and they were moving like <laughs> pathetically slower than this object. But uh, I had another experience too. Um, we got a call from my sister, and uh, she said, "Did you guys see that?" And I'm like, "See what?" She's like, "Look out your driveway." And she didn't explain to us what it was. We walked out the end of the driveway, look up, and there was these like just lights. It just seemed like lights. So you know how they would describe some of these experiences as like swamp gas. So I, I don't know if it was swamp gas, but they had like movement, and they were like going in and out of something and back and forth. And this went on for it had to be an hour or so. Did Did you get any pictures or video? No, no, of course not. You know, it's just, it was the 2000s, you know, like cell phones weren't really a, 
a thing. And even if you could get a picture of it, it wasn't, you know, it would be grainy. It's not like this. Like I got a, I got an awesome camera now and you know how it is. You, you know, it never happens when you got it in your hand. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know how it is because I've never seen one of these things. I'm very jealous of you who've had multiple sightings. Seriously? I can't get one? Well, th- this other thing, I don't know if it was a, <clears throat> it was just an anomaly, this, the second one. Like, the, the lights were, it just seemed like something that was just repetitive, like a, like a skip or something. I don't know. It, it wasn't like the first one. The first one was definitely an orb. It was lit up, and it was being chased by the military. Was, well, I want to uh, see, I, you know, I, one of these times, I want to see a picture of swamp gas, because I've been around a lot of swamps. I've never seen swamp gas lights. I hope somebody has a picture of swamp gas lights. I'll have to look that up online. Um, thank you very much, Neil. Um, very interesting. Now, Mark from Buffalo has called back. I, I do want to get to some other people who have been on hold for a, a very long time here. Um, your UFO stories, um, this is... Oh, my goodness. This is Pat in, of all places, Roswell, New Mexico. Pat, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Hi. Yeah, um, I worked as a state corrections officer at the uh, prison just south of Roswell, New Mexico, and I was on perimeter patrol. I was on an an armed patrol in a truck, and... uh, there was like a crackling and a popping sound that occurred and these lights appeared and uh, they were traveling from my right to my left. They went past me then, and they were rectangular white lights one after another. And then they went into a circular uh, uh, pattern rotating around coming towards me. Then they turned around, came back from my left to my right the second time they passed in front of me, I saw an entire craft. It was a dull gray, a very large saucer, and the, the white lights that I saw were the windows. And there was white light emanating from inside the craft out through those windows. And uh, as it passed by me the second time, from my left to my right, I reached down and touched the shotgun that was sitting next to me and um, the thought just came right into my mind and also it was a thought that this technology is a thousand years beyond us so that sort of dissuaded me from any aggression and I just watched it and as it passed by me the second time and, and this was a very large craft. I, I would estimate 650 feet across. Um, it cloaked. Now, I could see the lights of Roswell. I was 20 miles south of Roswell as the crow flies. Um, and I could see the lights of Roswell and the lights of the old base on the horizon. I was south of the town. And this thing was on a glide path towards the town of Roswell. And as it was moving slowly past me, it cloaked. And I sat there for a few more minutes to see if anything else happened. I didn't want to miss it. And uh, nothing else occurred, so I drove over. Well, hold, hold on. I've got to, I got to put you on, uh, on hold here, sir. I'm sorry, but I've got to go to traffic on WBEN. You know, it's kind of funny because uh, 10 years ago, whoever heard of the word cloaked? Now you guys are using it like uh, you've lived my life. UFOs, your sightings, 
any abductees out there? This is a show I wanted to do on um, on Friday, and uh, we got into something else. So here I am talking with you guys about it today. And uh, Roswell, New Mexico, Pat uh, has described this enormous craft uh, at Roswell, New Mexico. What what year would we be talking about, roughly? This happened on this happened on October the first, two thousand and six. At eleven fifteen p.m. Well, I don't think that's, that's nearly specific enough. Uh, now that's actually quite specific. Um, so the next day, did anybody else say, "Whoa!" It was at the talk of the town. Well, um, I found out that there were um, a sheriff's deputy and his wife off duty, and they were at the firing range that's just south of the Roswell base, and they saw it from a distance. Um, and that's, that's the only other eyewitness that I have. And I thought about the location of this and it's the, the prison is 20 miles South of town, 25 miles to drive it, 20 miles as the crow flies. And it's in a ranching area surrounded by large ranches. It's pretty remote. And the prison is well lit all, all around the perimeter. And I, I thought to myself how, a craft appearing there could use the prison lights as camouflage. They would wash out anything that was uh, looking at it from a distance. Um, and then also inside the prison, you'd be looking through those lights, so it'd be hard to see. So I was positioned in a vehicle on an armed post on the patrolling the perimeter. So it would only be in that spot where you'd get a really good look at it. Right, understood. Um, now, okay, having having lived uh, in the Roswell area, presumably for a number of years, was there any consensus in the town as to whether or not a real alien craft had crashed there many years before? Well, um, I've lived here for um, about 24 years now, and um, I've had a chance to talk to many of the firsthand witnesses from 1947 and uh, before they passed. And the consensus is that something happened uh, that, a, that they believe a, a UFO uh, crashed and that it was recovered by the military. And, and that's um, even, even uh, we had Edgar Mitchell, uh, sixth man to walk on the moon. He grew up in Roswell and he looked into the matter and he was convinced that it was a real event and that the military, the government, was covering it up. Wow. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, that, that's, a great, that's a great sighting, man. Thank you very much, Pat. I appreciate it. Okay, All you're right. welcome. Good stuff from Roswell, New Mexico. Well, that's, that's interesting. And, yeah, um, hiding among the lights uh, is a very interesting concept. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. It's a very interesting concept. Sorry about alien abduction, by the way. Just thought you should know. All right, that's uh, popped up.
All right. Uh, popped up on uh, one of Josh uh, Schmidt's uh, m- um, music services there. Uh, it's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WB. You know, we could have played The Birds, Mr. Spaceman, uh, old alien song. But uh, talking about UFOs, aliens, stuff like that. Have you seen? Have you seen? What do you believe? 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. I'm going to get back to Mark here in uh, just a little bit, but here's Dan on Buffalo's West Side. Dan, uh, you saw a UFO when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Um, Can you hear me okay? Loud and clear. All right. Um, Shall I take you off speaker? Well, yes, that would probably be even better. Yeah. Um, Hang on. Where is this thing? Um. All right, good. Anyway, yeah, um, funny thing, I was a funny kind of a kid. I mean, I was reading. I was in line for the library's one copy of the NICAP book that, you know, was a long line of people before I got it. I was in sixth grade. But seventh, somewhere between seventh and eighth grade, I think, was when two of my friends and I, and the whole street, because they were standing on their porches in the summer, and... uh it was a classic disc with the rotating edge lights and and low and slow, nice leisurely course over. I'd say from downtown Oval Course from downtown to like our neighborhood, um, Grant and Ferry area, and uh, my friends and I were having such a good time that at one point we started running after it, laughing, laughing like idiots. And uh, nothing, nothing at all about it in the media the next day, even though the whole street was watching and um, all that. But here's the thing. Um, I've got a different take, and this shouldn't be that unusual, um, but I've got a different take on it because there are, there are types of stories that I do dismiss out of hand. Um, I believe that Judeo-Christian theology has very satisfying explanations for this stuff. And as such, I don't believe in stories about crashed UFOs because I don't think they are um, metal ships with with flesh and blood occupants. Um, I don't believe in kidnapped people. I mean, I I doubt those stories. Um, How can you doubt the people who have surgery and have alien objects removed um, from their from their bodies, objects that when sent for metallurgical testing are not of this earth. How can you doubt well, that? I, I like that. I like that, of course. But I mean, I I don't. I I just doubt whether it actually happened or not. But um, the but the thing is, um, crashed UFOs. No, never happened. It never would happen. And um, and and you know, dead occupants of yours. No. Um, other stories, you know, huge question mark. Um, I think crop circles and cattle mutilations are other, other in the other category, and um, nothing, I don't think they're the UFOs either. But um, but the thing is, it's still very intriguing, of course. Yeah, I mean, you and, you um, saw one and you you doubt it. That's that's interesting. No, I mean, the, I the I'm problem. I'm not doubting that. I'm not doubting that at all. But I'm saying I have a different take, and 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 you know, again, the theological explanation. Um, and, and why not? Because we're talking about a deity who's created the universe. Why not? You know, um, so but but um, people want metal ships, you know, and, and that's because 
they've been fueled by sci-fi, you know, and, and the, the modern age. And centuries ago, they were fueled by other things. And they were, you know, they were either religion or superstition or something, but they, they didn't have the metal ship notion yet. But uh, All right. Well, Dan, Dan I, I thank you for the call. I uh, appreciate hearing from you. The, uh, I mean, the, the UFO uh, appears in um, what we would consider a classic UFO appears in some of the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs, medieval paintings. Um, Phil Corso, the day after Roswell, he was very explicit in stating, here's a high-ranking military guy who's pretty explicit in stating that not only did they recover a craft, but he actually saw the alien bodies. And I asked myself, why would a guy like Phil Corso just make something up uh, shortly before he died? It doesn't seem to be the kind of legacy a guy like that would want to leave. I leave the world as a liar. On the other hand, if this technology is that sophisticated... How come it crashes? Shouldn't it be crash-proof by now? It, it travels all the way across the universe, presumably, only to crash in New Mexico? How good is this stuff? I mean, that's a fair question. All right, let's get back to uh, Mark, who titillated me before when he said, the stuff, I, I could tell you everything you want to know about UFOs, but I have to watch what I say because I had a clearance. So I'm, I'm sure you're not going to tell us with what agency you were uh, associated. So uh, first things first, are UFOs extraterrestrial beings? They're extraterrestrial and interdimensional both. They are both. Does the U.S. government have regular contact with extraterrestrial biological entities? Yes. When did the contact start? Prior to 1947. Prior to? About what year? I would say um, 30s, 40s. They knew of them in World War II. And and this, this is based on your knowing what? Um, let's uh, backtrack right quick because I have to speak uh, scientifically. My... Um, Dad worked for a Department of Defense, and he was a technical writer. And you can relate to this, Tom, because you're very good with the written and verbal word. Um, he had to explain any weapons platform with capabilities, specifications, maintenance, and the rest of it. So he had to know the weapons platform from top to bottom. And he worked on P-51, Minuteman Three, MX Peacekeeper, SDI payloads, and he was working on other stuff with SDI that he could not tell me. But um, we have to talk about science. Now, this is interesting because you were talking about the implants. I'm an amateur astronomer. Every sun spits out specific isotopes of elements, and that's due to the nature of the spectral class of the sun, what color it is, what's the luminosity, what's the absolute magnitude, Every sun has a fingerprint. It's kind of unique. And with the alien implants, they went ahead and did the isotope reading of them. They're from a different solar system. And you know this how? Now, this is just common knowledge from my contacts. I mean, this is just common knowledge that the isotopes don't match up to our sun. No, I know that the, yeah, they're not, uh, what I heard the expression was, not of, of this world. So what would be the purpose of aliens implanting metal objects or objects of some nature inside human beings? Well, this is a bigger picture, is that um, 
What's the population? Uh, what's the population bomb on the planet right now? It's eight billion. They can't invade eight billion little ants. So what they're doing is they're genetically manipulating the human genome to go ahead and make a more affable species that is more in line with what they want to do. I'll tell you this, and this is not breaking a security clearance. It's not China. It's not Russia. It's not the terrorists. It's not North Korea. The greatest national security threat to the United States is the Greys. So if it's the Greys, how many alien species has our government been in contact with? I would say at least four. Um, I've lost track. I know the Draconians are from the constellation Draco, and they're really bad reptilians. And I know Zeta Recticuli in Recticulum, the net. That star, by the way, is um, it's a binary system. It's one billion years older than our sun. Same spectral class type G2. Um, the Pleiades is a fallacy. This is false. The Pleiades is a star nursery, an open cluster, M45. There's no way that these stars have had enough time to generate life. Well, the Pleiades... So if you the, see someone say Pleiades, what's their home planet? Because all those stars are new. They're new stars. They're bright and blue. And there's just not enough time. So if you say, oh, this is someone from the Pleiades, that's bunk. Okay, well, the Pleiadians, uh, that came to prominence when that guy named Billy Myers said he was in regular contact with the aliens and said that they were from Pleiades, if you remember. Yes, sir. But the one thing you have to remember, Tom, is that aliens lie. They're very dishonest. So are there, any, the are there any good aliens uh, that are on the side of humanity, or are they all just out for their own? I would say no. They're supposed to be Andromeda, but Andromeda is 2.2 million light years away. I doubt that anyone from a different galaxy is coming to visit us. But the main thrust of my um, my thesis is that this is the greatest national security threat to the United States, period. But if, if that's... We if can't that... control our airspace. We can't stop people from being abducted in their own homes. So some of these documentaries... You had one guy say the technology's 10,000 years ahead. That's wrong. The technology's like 100,000 years ahead of us. So um, the some of the documentaries that uh, I was watching over the weekend um, state that the United States has... Uh, well, first of all, ha- has the United States recovered crashed alien craft? Yes. And were they back-engineered to give us things like fiber optics and uh, cloaking? Yes. Um, and this started back in the 1930s. Did the, did the Nazis find crashed UFOs? Yes. But how come they weren't found after the war? Well, they were working hard on the bomb, too, if you remember, with your World War II history. By the way, Tom, you're very good with the World War II history. Well, thank you, but but I mean... What was the turning point at World War II with the land battle was Kursk? Most people don't know that. Yes, Kursk was a huge tank battle. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, And Hitler's new wonder tanks uh, weren't quite up to uh, production. And Anyway, uh, I don't want to get off the subject here. So, um, did the... Can I tell you some some declassified stuff that you might find curious? Yeah. Okay, um, 
there was an incident over Ukraine when uh, Ukraine had Soviet nuclear weaponry, and there was a UFO that hovered over a, a missile site, and it went into active mode. It went into launch mode. And these Ukrainians and Russians were literally pulling out wires to stop that bird from flying. And which that, that, that's something for you to look into because um, they messed around with that ICBM and it was in Ukraine and they put it into launch mode. The second one is that there was a B fifty two bomber that crashed in North Vietnam, and they sent Ranger Special Forces out there and also Marine Recon to go ahead and see if there was any survivors from the B fifty two. You heard of cattle mutilations. They found the American pilots, Air Force veterans, in this B-52 that was crashed, entirely mutilated. But 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 hold on, I got I got a, I got a break I got a break for traffic because my question would be, what's the difference? I mean, how how would you know whether something was mutilated versus a normal uh, traumatic injuries you'd expect to see in a plane crash? Uh, hold on, on News Radio 930 WB, I'm talking with Mark, who earlier called and said he had seen a UFO and then said, anything you want to know about UFOs, uh, I can tell you, but I have to watch it because I had a security clearance. So uh, we're finding out what Mark uh, what Marks knows. I, I find this interesting. All right, talking to uh, Mark here on WBEN. So, Mark, uh, B-52 crashes in uh, North Vietnam. Ranger team goes in. How would they know the difference between plane crash injuries and mutilation? Well, when you've got an eyeball missing that's been gutted out, that doesn't happen during a crash. When you have genitalia that's missing, that doesn't happen during a crash. Do, how, how would we know that that wasn't the uh, North Vietnamese exacting their vengeance on our dead? Well, that's true. You could go ahead. They did all sorts of nasty stuff, but they figured out that this was an alien uh, manipulation of uh, human DNA and manipulation of human bodies. And Here's a one last gem I want to leave you with is... Um, when we went to the moon, my dad worked on Apollo, and uh, we went. It was a Herculean effort to go 240,000 miles away and bring man back home. And Aldrin and Armstrong had name codes for if they saw anything that was um, uncommon. And um, UFO on the ground was called Santa Claus. UFO on the air was called Barbara. And I don't know if it was Apollo 11 or maybe 14. Um, they were told, don't come back. Don't even think of coming back here. Told by? The powers that be above our pay grade, Tom. You mean by our government? No, it was by the aliens. They said, don't come back. Huh. Have you ever seen? Think about it. Personally, have you ever seen have you ever seen a recovered UFO? No, but um, I know of a person. My dad worked in Florida with the Space Coast with the um, Department of Defense, and he did the, the space shuttle payloads. That was the last thing that he did for SDI, and he knew a lot of Air Force officers. And by the way, man, I got to spit this out. That fourth jet. On 9-11, we shot down Cheney, put out the order for the F-16s out of West Virginia. I have often thought that. 
if you don't believe me, you can look at the debris pattern. Yes. And if it had broke up, if it had broken up in midair, there would be a teardrop. And if it was just a solid object, it would make a crater. And the teardrop was 2.5 miles long. Uh, Cheney gave the order out of um, the bunker in the White House out of two F-16s out of West Virginia. Now, they were struggling, and they were trying to get control of that vehicle. But uh, we shot that down. And you know what? The American public will never know the truth from the federal government. You know, and the reason why the federal government has not told us about the UFO, they don't want to alarm people because uh, I've uh, just— I just put the icing on the cake. I mean, there's a lot more to this than I don't want to alarm people, but it's quite nefarious. It's a very nefarious agenda. Is there really a treaty between the United States government and certain aliens that you can kidnap a certain number of people and you can mutilate a certain number of cattle? Yes, Eisenhower did that. But um, they break the see, aliens fly. They break. It's worthless. It's like a treaty with the Russians. It's not worth the paper it's written on. Wow. Mark, I, I could I could talk to you all day. I mean, uh, what what an interesting story. The only stupid thing you've ever done is leave the woman who's financially supporting you in Florida. Oh, that was a good thing. Man. <laughs> I had it made. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll look for your package uh, in uh, in the mail um, and any any other little bits of information you want to put in there. Two months, 500 500 Corporate Parkway, 14226. Yes, sir. Give me two months. Yes, sir. All right, man. Thank you very much. Tom, thank you. All right. Th thank you. Uh, you know, what, what do you make of that, Josh? He, he seemed to have a lot of answers right at the tip of his tongue, didn't he? Yeah, it was a little... Uh... It was a little concerning. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. It's He it's talked like a spook. He, t he talked like a spook or somebody from that uh, milieu. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, everybody sleep well tonight.